Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth, who just know that the Flyers will be joining the year 2019 any second now. Any second now. Craig, do you know the number one worst place? To be hung over on New Year's Day? I would guess a bowling alley. You would be wrong. The answer is anywhere in South Philadelphia. Uh, oh, why is this? It is because the mummers can't stop, won't stop, all day, all night. And if you're hung over, you're not escaping it. Oh, yeah. Well, at least, you know, the mummers are a good time. Accepting people that uh, celebrate very quietly <laughs> all across Philadelphia. It uh, it sure is a time. I'll say that much. Anyway, I was extremely, extremely hungover on New Year's Day. And I live in deep South Philly. I live around the corner from a mummer's club. And oh my God, it was basically hell. Yeah, I can imagine. So you got, well, I also got a very, uh, very funny text from you on New Year's. <laughs> do you care to I, I read wanna, it? Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to pull it up right now. I want to say though, that I do feel like I'm getting a shit ton older because all I did was slam home. Not, not too many ice cold beers, but you know, a fair amount, like a usual night of drinking. And then I felt like absolute ass on Wednesday. Or Tuesday, Tuesday, I believe. Who, you know, the days just run together this yeah, week. Who the fuck cares anymore? Who, ca- yeah. who cares? Time's a made-up element for the government to track you. But anyway, here's the, there's, <laughs> yeah, let me pull it up here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at noon on New Year's Day, you said, yeah, I just puked my guts out. I went big last night. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is, how much did you drink on New Year's Eve? I don't know if the question's so much how much did I drink, but what didn't I drink? Mm-hmm. It was bad. I, I made some poor decisions. Was it due to volume or just a variety of, were you like, I'm going to mix wine with some gin and then. The start? answer is yes. Okay. All right. So you had that type of evening, type of uh, evening there. Yeah. It, basically we hit midnight celebratory and then it just spiraled out of control and. <laughs> Then I found myself in agony the next day. So uh, you could say I'm getting too old for this shit. And you wouldn't be wrong. Yeah. But regardless, I had a very enjoyable New Year's. We uh, we did many loud toasts to Philadelphia legends, uh, Big Dick Nick and uh, Gritty. Moses Malone. Yeah. Right. Moses Malone. Yeah. To, <laughs> that should have been the midnight toast. To Moses Malone. <laughs> to Bill Brasky. Bill Brasky's a son of a bitch. 
Deshaun Bradley. <laughs> Sean Bradley once missed three free throws in a row. What do you think Andrew Bynum's doing? Oh, God. By the way, I love that this podcast has started out with a lot of Sixers talk. But I feel like that's pretty appropriate for the state of the uh... 10, 9, 8, 76ers. <laughs> Anything to not talk about the Flyers. Do you, and because we were just talking about this before the show, and I feel like you want to at least get one of these in here, uh, if Al Pacino was to do a toast about Philly athletes, <laughs> do you have, do you got any? Do I have any Al Pacino toast to, to Philly athletes? <laughs> yeah, I got one. I got one to uh, ex-Philadelphia Flyer, Yaramir Yager. So uh, Al Pacino toasting ex-Philadelphia Flyer, Yarmir Yager. He's got a great ass! Hoo-ah! <laughs> One inch at a time. All right, there we go. We got that out of the way. <laughs> we just had to make sure to get as much... Yeah, we have to get it out there. We have to get as much nonsense into the beginning of this episode as possible before we get to the depressing, depressing hockey talk coming up. But yeah. it's been a bad week. It's been a week again, and it's been right. very bad. Yeah, uh, so 1.5 games, and uh, I believe no points in the last four games, so that's neat. And uh, just the classic, a uh, couple, cl- or a few classic Flyers losses here. So yeah, the, yeah. I mean, leading I... the entire game against Florida, losing in the last minute, and then not showing up against uh, the Hurricanes or Predators, and then tonight pretending to come all the way back and then not not forcing our time to eventually lose. They just lost the regulation tonight. So. We we just spoke about a week ago, and we were pretty like, oh, yeah, you know, things are pretty good right now. Things are all right. And then it's just been that terrible of a week that this entire outline that you have assembled for us tonight is just good God, why? Yeah. I mean, it was – I remember watching the Predators game on Saturday which feels like an eternity ago now, and thinking, all right, this is probably the real like first sloppy game underneath Gordon. And then uh, they followed up by, uh, with a few more of those puppies, and here we are with the same feeling of re- uh, despair and reject that we had when Hextall and Hextall were here, but now there is nobody to, to fire. And uh, it's pretty much on the players now. And I think I saw a lot of this on Twitter, and I, I kind of agree with it, but uh, I think think the stuff where like tonight's game and the two games against the lightning are perfect examples of it, it just seems like the the players are just kind of checked out like it the skill seems to be there and when you look at the the, the names on paper there are names like there are good players on this team and when they want to score goals they'll score three goals and however however quickly they did it tonight but for some reason they just decide to do it when they're down by four goals with about 10 minutes left like, they just can't come out swinging, and they can't make games competitive. They wait until they're out of reach, and then they're like, all right, let's make this only a two-goal loss. And I, 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 don't get, I don't get what that is. Because now it's, I mean, now it's not the coach, or it's, and it's not the GM. It's something in the locker room. And I, I don't know what it is. Well, I went from watching that Florida game and going like, oh, all right, good effort. Heart's looking great. Okay, hanging in there. And then... They completely just blew it in classic Flyers fashion yep. in the third period. And I was like, oh. God, yeah. Like, I went from actually being like, oh, this is good. Okay. I'm, I was watching on my phone in my friend's basement because he's uh, too cheap to 
pay for <laughs> any of the good sports channels. But uh, regardless, I, I was keeping track of the game, enjoying it. And then uh, I wanted to toss my phone across the room. Yeah, I mean, once they tied the game, I kind of felt like they're going to lose in regulation. Oh, yeah, So definitely. I guess it's not that surprising. But uh, the Flyers scored, by the way, tonight the Flyers scored three goals in four minutes and 41 seconds. And nothing after else. pretty much being dead for the first, you know, 46 minutes of the game. So that's cool. Against Peter Morazic. Against, against Pe- Peter Morazic. that can't face the correct uh, direction. The Flyers almost got shut out by him. So that's, yeah, that's pretty much, I mean, it's funny because for a while it was always the Flyers were in the hot goalies argument. But uh, how often, are, are, there really, are the Flyers really that unlucky where they're just running into every goaltender? playing out of their mind on the right night. I don't know. Like it, We know what Peter, Peter Morozik's about. We watched it last year. It's not good. And uh, they they should have... I, I, I don't know what happened. Like, in the third period, they just went to the net. And I know it's a pretty simplistic way to break it down, but once in the net, they actually got scoring. Like, Simmons scored from in close. Katoria's redirection was from in close. And JVR somehow crowded that puck for a rebound goal. I mean, that was probably his most impressive goal as a flyer yet, I think. Uh, and it's just, uh, like where, what, like why, why, why does it, why does it take until the third period? Why not just start off the game by going, Hey, we're halfway decent. So let's get the shirt going. But the Panthers game, I thought the Panthers game, they looked like shit. Yeah, but they, you know, Carter Hart played well. Carter Hart played well. They had a chance to win it and just completely. And they uh, screwed the pooch. Yeah. Yeah. Blew it. Poop the sheets. Yeah. <laughs> Pooping many sheets. The bed linens have never been the same. <laughs> I thought uh so I thought Hart made a bunch of good saves. Uh he had bailed out uh Amac in the first period after a pretty bad turnover. Uh robbed Dennis Mulligan late in the second period. But then there's stuff like uh Danoff missed a few chances in close. Like the the Panthers definitely helped him out. They missed a few slam dunks, but it was more just it was just Hart being under a constant barrage, which is what the other goalies have experienced, but he was doing pretty well. Surviving it, and then there's just too much late in the game. But, and I mean, I, I thought Forjack and Simmons looked no, noticeably bad that game. Uh, yeah. Simmons had some pretty shitty, uh, like unforced icings, and, and Forjack was kind of like lollygagging on some uh, defensive assignments. But, and these are your vets, these are the guys with that. Yeah, these are, yeah, these, these are the guys when you talk about core players now. I mean, these are those two and Drew are the three last. I guess core players from the the overhaul in the 2011 offseason. Right, the great so, Paul Holmgren purging of Dry Island. Yes, yeah. So, or is that so, moving uh, everybody to Dry Island? I'm not sure. I don't know. I feel like moving Mike Richards to LA is not a way for him to sober up. In my opinion. That's. I feel like that's usually that. However, should have the. They did move. They moved Jeff Carter to Columbus, and it was an attempt. But Jeff Carter got sad and had to move back to a beach. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's Columbus. I mean, there's. What do you think the big attractions of Columbus are? Nation's best Denny's. Uh, a bunch of sidewalks, like a lot of sidewalks. Best view of clouds. I feel like there's not a lot going on in Columbus. Really my silence, for... my silence is due to the fact that I literally can't think of anything. <laughs> I feel like it's just, I, I, I can't think of 
another city that has a major sports team I can't think of uh, having less of a feel when I hear the name Columbus. Well, and that one always puzzles me because Cleveland's sitting there without a hockey team and they've got yeah. three other sports teams. And I mean, look, it's Cleveland. It's also not yeah. an attractive option, but they got Drew Carey and uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Good for them. Yeah. But why don't they just have the hockey <laughs> team there? Yeah I, yeah, I don't know why I decided to go with Columbus. It doesn't make any sense. I think, and Columbus is like a big, uh, pretty sure it's like a big Ohio State town. But yeah, I feel like they're always going to be second to college football there. But that could be, uh, that could be incorrect. I don't know what I'm talking about. I never do. I mean, who knows? But, yeah, who knows? Uh, let's talk about the second or the the first game against the Hurricanes this week, which was uh, luckily I didn't watch, but Hart, Carter Hart, I don't think played too great. Watching the highlights, so uh, they all knew not his night, not his night. Yeah, the goals against I thought were uh, were, were not cool. I feel like it could have happened. Uh, and uh, the first period they played pretty well. It, it felt like a somewhat typical Flyers game, but instead of one of the uh, rerun goalies in that, it was Hart. So then the team kind of fell apart once they got down three uh, nothing, and especially after that second second goal that came six seconds into the. Uh, second period but yeah i mean that that was the second they have lost of the week and then the third one i think the two biggest takeaways from the nashville game were the neuvers play obviously that might be that is going to be the illustration of this season with him at the the blue line and for overall playing goalie for a couple seconds yeah and the flyers didn't allow the goal in that play right no, they somehow that that's one of the few plays this year where they didn't allow the goal, and that's astounding. I think uh, I forget the player who had it. I think it was a uh, Fiala, and he just decided to do a spin move and then take a shot wider than that. Which uh, maybe it was a pity move. I, th- I think the Flyers are already down by a bit then, so who knows? Uh, but the Neuverth, uh, you know, taking a stroll out to the blue line, and then David Boreanis, uh wearing a fedora in the crowd. Was that the the NBCS Philly crew cut to when the Flyers are down four nothing. I feel like those two, those two things feel uh, very Flyerish, and they kind of capture my feelings of the team at the moment. Oh so, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been a bad week. <laughs> it's, been, it's been not fun. I, it just, it, it, man. There's yeah. nothing to break down about the team at the moment. I mean, it's it's the same old shit. It's not like. Right. It's not like they just quit on like game. It. It's not like they just started quitting on games. Like they did this before. They're the most roller coaster team in the league where one week yeah. they just look like unstoppable like uh, champions of hockey and then the next <laughs> week are uh completely stoppable dog shit. Yeah. And they have two different types of losses. It's either they completely don't show up or they show up for about 10 minutes in the third to make it a really interesting game and then lose in overtime. Or in painful fashion, which was tonight. There's no, uh, there's no in between. Well, they also had a bunch of blowouts earlier in the year, but it seems to be a, that seemed to be a Hackstall signature move. Yeah, and then tonight where uh, Drew and Voracek got two assists and Peter Morozik had 34 assists. I think they had two power play goals too, which is a, it's, uh, I mean, that's great. That's good wow. news. Yeah, wow. So that's that's neat, I guess. But yeah, overall, this <laughs> is a. Uh, it's definitely a hockey team. So whatever New Year's resolutions the Flyers had, they are definitely not keeping them so far. Yeah. 
I was going to say, unless the resolution for, is to play worse hockey, then they're killing to it. not score goals. Yeah. I, they, they were on the verge of back-to-back shutouts before they had three goals in that span. And, uh, not exactly against, I don't know. Peter the, the Hurricanes. Yeah. Mrazic. Mr. Azic. Yeah. <laughs> A guy who's not good. He can't even spell his first name right. And no, he's out he's here. He's missing a letter. Go on. Yeah. And it, I mean, he spent half of last year just looking at the corner uh, when shots were coming at him. It, it's amazing that that guy almost shot at the Flyers tonight. But it's also not. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. I just I, don't understand <laughs> what is wrong with the team. Like, I... They miss hack. Oh, boy. I mean, <laughs> by the way, not... Uh, not to go on about hack, but uh connecting was on the fourth line tonight. So uh maybe he was playing the only cards that he could play. I don't know. I I I I know Gordon's not the guy behind the bench, but another another set of eyes comes in and uh they put connecting on the fourth line too. Connecting's also not been great recently. And I know he scored tonight but Simmons has been a a little wolf recently too. Some guys just aren't I mean, some guys just aren't playing up to their level. They some be guys, like most guys, yeah, <laughs> three fourths of the team, <laughs> which is a uh, not ideal, not cool, not ideal at all. It's it's just plain bad. And if it's not the coach, and it is the players, I mean, again, not like we really ever thought Scott Gordon was the guy, yeah. but you know, obviously these problems are deeper seated than just the GM, just the coach. There's a lot. They're, they're deep issues. And in your opinion, Craig, and this is the question on everybody's mind, is it fire sale time? Man. Um I mean, I, f- I feel like it kinda has to be. But I, I think it de- depends on what you're selling. Like the guys we've talked about, I mean you and I have been talking about Trey and Simmons for two years now. I feel like that should be the guy at the top of the list. Uh, I think the only one that's kind of moved into the realm of possibility for me too is Voracek. I mean, I yeah, and well, I don't know. I feel like he's kind of. I maybe it's not just maybe not. I feel like he's moved up the the scapegoat power rankings because now. Well, I think the, Voracek's got a classic case of Bobby Abreuitis, where he's a guy <laughs> that is a really good player, but because people don't always see him hustling as most or, yeah, you know, playing his heart out every, yeah, moment. he's been, cause he definitely has these lacks of days, lacks of days. right. Yeah. He, I was going to say he's had these very noticeable lapses in, uh, in back checking and, and marking his guys recently, which Whereas, definitely plays a role. I think, like, I mean, his people underlying think Wayne Simmons plays better than Jake Voracek, which I mean, Jake Voracek puts up way more points than Wayne Simmons. But because of the perception that Wayne Simmons is a guy who hustles, who plays his heart out at all times, and Jake Voracek is a guy who doesn't necessarily, that's... And by the way, I just got blocked on Twitter four times for saying this. But (laughs) because of all this, like people think Jake Voracek's not that good, but Jake Voracek is a very, very good hockey player. But this is why he's really number one on the scapegoat power rankings. Yeah. What if we told Voracek that... that when it came to shooting, just pretend that the puck was his finger and the net was the block button on Twitter. And this guy would be like, he might have a 65 goal season. He might be just piling up the goals once he does that. 
It's worth or just trying. Tell them, worth yeah, trying. Tell them just to pass it to the net. See what happens. Pass it just to gets, the net. Just gets 40 goals, just climb the puck along the ice and in. You know, Jake, there's a there's a little man at the back of the net. He's your <laughs> he's the sixth man. He's your teammate. You want to pass it to him at all times. That sounded like the beginning of the birth and peace conversation. But that I mean <laughs> kind of what I was going for. Like, <laughs> okay. Jake, there's gotcha. this little man. He's the having this conversation the in the back forward, of the locker room. And he's hanging out in the back of the net. And that's who you want to pass it to, pal. Oh shit! I uh, I mean, well, you want you? Let's do the scapegoat uh, power rankings real quick. I mean, I feel the check up there. Power rankings get ranked scapegoat style. Uh, Vorchek, I feel like Ghost has got to be up there. Oh my god, Ghost is way up there right now yeah. to the point where actually, crazy yeah. people are talking about trading Shane Goss despair. Yeah, it's uh, I I don't. I mean, I get he hasn't exactly had the most Goss despair type of season but man uh let's let's punt the brakes on that nonsense uh i this is one of the most offensively talented defensemen the flyers have ever had easily and i don't think there's any way in hell you're getting fair value in a shane goss despair trade oh no no i mean i that's the thing with voracek too i don't know what i don't know what deal would be pulled off where voracek would not be the best player in that deal so i I guess I've become more open to trading Voracek, but at the same time, I feel like it is because he is now, he's now, I, I think he is now at the top of uh, things wrong with the team in most fans' eyes. Because uh, there's not, Fletcher's new, Gordon's new, probably isn't the coach, and uh, everything else. I mean, Drew's Carter putting up Hart's points, up now. but he's, yeah, Drew's, putting, Drew's up putting up points, and he's, you, you, I don't know, he busts his ass. And I think people yeah. recognize that and appreciate that even if it might not necessarily be to the degree that we wish they did, but we'll get into right. that later. Uh, future transition. But <laughs> talking about the, the, the kind of the, the scapegoats here, the escape goats, goats that escape. Shane Gostas bears definitely up there. Jake four checks up there. Uh, Wayne Simmons maybe should be up there, but isn't really. And no. I, I think know, that's a one. Maybe that's the one positive thing about Simmons is uh, even though he has not looked great to us recently, I think his I think Wayne Simmons still has the Wayne Simmons appeal across the league, which is kind of all that matters right now. He's a grit he's not... and hustle guy, and he plays well in the power play. Yeah, and... like even tonight, like even tonight, I thought he had some bad plays and didn't look great, and then he ended up getting a goal. And a lot of people across the league are going to see that 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 goal. So. I think that I think the value is still there. Yeah. And Chucky two traits, to. if you're listening, the way to really sell this too is yes, he's uh, listening. He, of course he he's listening. definitely listening. Come on. Yeah. He's probably but, listening. He's probably getting a live broadcast right now somehow. He has hacked my <laughs> well, computer. You know, he's absolutely hacked my computer. He's getting you got Al Pacino voice, by the way. <laughs> what do you got, boys? What do you got, Chucky Two Trades? Gonna make some deals. <laughs> Will and dealing. Hoo The worst thing we brought the fly for early. It's got a great asset. <laughs> good night, and good hockey. But uh, yeah. No, Wayne Simmons always has that grit appeal, right? Like he's got that that hustle appeal, that heart appeal. He will always be Wayne Simmons, and also Chucky Two Trades could always phrase it as a, well, the numbers aren't great. Well, he could choose to change the scenery, and everything will be fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's definitely a way you could phrase it. And uh, real quick on Chucky 2 traits, because I think with each passing day, I have a feeling that maybe the decision to let Ron Hextall go was not about uh, immediate changes, even though Holmgren and Dave Scott said about possibly making the playoffs this season, but just the fact that... Please give up on that dream, by the way, guys. Cause... I, think they, I think they are, yeah. But I think Please. it's more just they think they have more trust that Fletcher will actually make trades and moves when the time comes rather than um, Hextall, who, it, it, I mean, it felt like sometimes he was never going to make a trade or do a deal, which, I mean, I'm watching a lot of this season. It, I don't know. I, it, I, I kind of get that sentiment, but I don't know at the same time. Well, I mean, the one, I mean, do you want to talk about this real quick? The Why not? Yeah, the Brandon Manning rumor. Oh. Or not rumor, but. The man dog. So, yeah. Brandon Manning uh, was traded on, uh, earlier this week. I forget the exact day, but. Would you say that actual hockey player was traded for Brandon Manning? Well, I think the trade that took place answered the age-old riddle that we all had of what's a trade where Drake Kajula is the best player involved? And somehow they got answered, which I i mean, sometimes I thought we were all going to pass away and not see it happen. But Brandon Manning and somebody named Robin Norell to the to the uh, Edmonton Oilers in exchange for Jason Garrison and Drake Kajula. And uh, Brandon Manning, I mean, Brandon Manning's still Brandon Manning. Uh, if you follow any Blackhawks fans on Twitter, you'll, you'll see that he's still doing Brandon Manning stuff. And he has uh, three points. Very quickly earned the ire of the entire city I, of yeah. Chicago. Yeah, I, I mean, I tried to warn my friends as a Blackhawks fan. I tried to warn them that those three signings were fucking atrocious because, I mean, he already knew Kunitz and Ward sucked. And I was like, well, Brandon Manning might be the worst of them, of them all. And uh turns out three points in 29 games, minus 5.32 relative Corsi 4 percentage. So he's definitely playing hockey uh robin orell has is he? three assists he's <laughs> definitely mean, skating i don't know if he's definitely he's playing got skates hockey, on but he's, he's skating the, the hockey stick yeah they got hockey pads on uh so i think he's technically he's doing hockey out there uh norell had three assists in 28 shl games this year with the uh, your gardens if and he spent the last two seasons in rockford with the ice hogs in the ahl jason garrison i i I didn't even know he was still playing. He had one assist yeah. in 17 games this year, and then he got wa- he got waived already. So I think he's down to Rockford. Okay, at the but, moment. So man, that's that is a name I'm pretty sure I heard. I, he made it when on I was PTO. in the world. <laughs> he made it on a PTO. He made the Oilers on a PTO, and he got. I think he's making like 950k this year. So he's so he's, he's yeah technically. Damn, you know, you know I wish I was making 950k this year. That's not bad. I can I mean, be I'll Jason be, Garrison. I was gonna say I'll be Jason Garrison and make nine hundred fifty thousand. That's not bad at all. And then Drake Ajula, who was I, I mean, leader in the clubhouse in this deal. He's got eleven points in twenty nine games. So I guess the Pretty Blackhawks good. won this trade. Blackhawks won this trade because they no longer have to look Brandon Manning in the face every night. But they also got uh, the prize collegiate free agent of the two three years ago. Season. Yeah, twenty sixteen. <laughs> So I forget. I mean, they all end up being not worth much. It's a pretty useless trade, but really, if you're a Flyers or a Blackhawks fan, you're left wondering why in God's name would anybody, anybody yeah. trade for Brandon Manning? 
Like also, whew, I mean, like man, Connor McDavid, it, it was worth it just like they, he was just enemies with this guy. What two years ago, right? Yeah, even a year yeah, ago. Like out of all, there are so many. So just shitty... like guys, you know, I, I really fear this is the one man I fear, and I think you need to go out and get him. <laughs> out of all the shitty stay-at-home defensemen in the league, you have to get the one that broke the only good thing in Edmonton's collarbone. Like why? Why? There, there's just get. I don't know. Roman Polak's still playing, and probably talk like Douglas Murray out of retirement. Just go get another shitty defenseman or something. I, I don't know why it's this guy. Yeah. And why? Why even question the whole locker room mentality thing? But have you met Andrew McDonald? <laughs> Peter Shirelli, though, he doubled down and he got Alex Petrovic from the Panthers on the same day for Chris Weidman and a third round pick. So he's don't worry, McDavid. He's got you covered. He's got you covered. But, he's got your back. But ultimately, the thing here, Craig, is that uh, apparently the Flyers and the Oilers had had this talk about the man dog last year. Uh, yes, according to the Edmonton Oilers Twitter account, uh, on a tweet at 1132 on December 31st, 2018, quote, Shirelli says he spoke with McDavid last season, re potentially acquiring Brandon Manning as the Oilers were in talks with Philadelphia at the time. End quote. So, Stephen, you and I are both big uh, Ron Hextall defenders. I would like to put that aside for a moment and ask, what happened? Right. What happened when Peter Shirelli, the guy who gave away Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, said, hey, I would like Brandon Manning from you, Ron Hextall. What happened there? Did, like, his cell phone die? Or, like, did I, like... Maybe the fax machine ran out of paper? Yeah. Did he get, like, I, I don't know. He had to have been caught up in something. Well, just not. I wonder if Ron was really trying to win the trade and Chiarelli, like, I don't know. Really swinging for the fence? Yeah, I think he he might have really, I don't know. If, if, You're talking my, like my one defense here, Manning? Yeah, I mean, okay, so my one defense is I feel like Ron might have tried to swing for the fences here and failed. But on the other hand, if you can literally trade anything for Brandon Manning, you do yeah, it. you just gotta fucking do it. Like I, I mean, I'm not even gonna. I, I, I can't, I can't defend him. I mean, this is this is fucking insane. <laughs> the worst GM in the league calls you up, and it's just like, I want your worst player. I will give you things for your worst player. I feel like you just have to be like, okay, you, like you have to pretend like you're sweet in the pot and be like, you pick somebody out, and I'll give you Brandon Manning. And then Shirley's like, holy shit, I'm winning the hell out of this deal. Here is R and H. Like you could definitely get. I don't think that would have happened. Are you sure? Because yes. Adam Larson, I think that I don't know. I mean, Taylor Hall is an MVP, and Adam Larson is like a solid four. I, so the Blackhawks didn't get R and H out of this. If they got an R and H, I would Bowman be exactly, shitting my pants. <laughs> I mean, Sam Bowman has exactly been a uh, killing it really recently with transactions. Either though, I think they could have gotten. He could have gotten anything. Drake Julio is fine. It's I don't like think you're getting R and H, but I yeah. I don't think it was going to happen. Like jokes aside and all that, I don't think that was happening. By the in way, any way, fly purple. There's no jokes on fly purple. So no. if you guys are don't be mixed, misconstrued out there. We hate humor. This is all serious yeah. hockey. This is all classy, very classy etiquette uh, teaching podcast. But yeah, the we started it off I, talking I guess, about hangovers. So yeah, it's it's all class. <laughs> Ooh, uh, yeah, I guess my Ooh, thing uh, is just I you had you you had it's you just had the trade. I mean. 
I mean, come on. Like, you had to do something. Instead, it's just let Brandon Manning walk. I can't believe these are things I'm saying right now in 2019. <laughs> like, but do you, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's our big takeaway from this podcast is Brandon Manning. I, but is Brandon Manning, I think we're saying this before the show, is Brandon Manning the biggest blind spot in the league, as in players that GMs apparently want, but evidently have not watched play a single shift of hockey? Because Brandon Manning gets walked a lot, and he is often out of position a lot. And he is usually digging the puck out of his own net quite a bit. And now three GMs over the last few seasons have been like, give him up. Suit up, baby. Come to my town and play some hockey for me. My fans are going to love you. Well, and the other thing is, it's one thing to call Brandon Manning up for the minors or him to be your like seventh swingman defenseman. Right. It's another thing to sign him to a over a million dollar contract deal. yeah <laughs> and then it's a whole other thing to trade any sort of asset to acquire Brandon manning yeah yeah you that's can talk the thing. cold bodies you can be trading dead people <laughs> and that's too much <laughs> that's the thing too is out of these three moves i think somehow hextall still seems like the least crazy not not exactly the best thing to be bragging about but for him to just be playing on your team and be a fringe defenseman rather than, yeah, signing him for a lot of years for a lot of money or giving up. Like, Kajula is not bad. He's not, you know, a franchise altering player, but for, I mean, I would. You're telling me a collegiate free agent is not a franchise altering player? <laughs> they always work out like this. They, hey, should, they hey. always work out to be franchise altering players People... like Dad Reed. People forget we got Mike Vecchione just brewing in the minors. He's he's building up that steam and he's gonna one C. Just, yeah, he's just gonna kill the uh, NHL next season with a uh, sixty-five, seventy-point campaign. Kobe so. Baker finalist. <laughs> and HBF baby can't take that away from him. But yeah, that was. I mean, that's pretty much the main point of the podcast was why. What, what's what's the deal with Brandon Manning? Oh, also, what's if we're gonna talk about bad with players, Brandon Manning. Before we start talking about the All Star Game, let's talk about the other bad players. Because, I mean, did you watch? Did you see the Philip Lego on Saturday? I have yeah. a question. What is with this dude? Because I don't know. What's I, his problem? What's his problem? The nerve on this guy. I am fine. I, I attempt to be objective, objective in players that the Flyers had and Flyers dealt. Lying. And even things with, uh, like, when Brandon Chen had a pretty good season last year, it was okay. I like, I could, if you had told me he had that season. It would not have blown my mind. But Phil is doing shit like splitting defenses and then roofing the puck. And I that is not the Philpula that we had. That is not the Philpula that was on the Flyers. The Philpula I don't even know if that the was Flyers. the Philpula and the Lightning. No, or the Red Wings. Like that was the Philpula. The Philpula the Flyers had was Philpula going into the corner against the Rangers and holding on to the puck as time expired while they're down by a goal. That's the Philpula the Flyers had. New York gets him carrying the puck into the zone. It's the Lou effect. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. You know, only a a league MVP is going to put up numbers like nine goals, 10 assists, 19 points in 38 games. That's just the best (laughs) of the best. But seriously, though, getting that kind of play out of him is really weird. Yeah, well, see, you're making fun of the stats, but the thing is, this is in 38 games. He had 33 points last year, I think, and had two more goals than he already has. He's shooting 26.5 still. So you would hope that the shoe would fall, but 
I don't know with the way the flyer season has gone. It's uh, it, Valtteri Filippo shooting twenty nine percent this season would not be, you know, out of the realm of comedic effect. It's that Lou so. Luck. Also, another thing about Filippo that Elliot Freeman wrote in uh, Thirty One Thoughts was uh, it was his nineteenth thought, by the way. Elliot Freeman always thinking. Uh, Lam Lamarillo and Trotz put Filippo and Leo Komarov around Josh Hosang in the dressing room. I heard he had an assigned seat on the plane next to Komarov, too, but that's not confirmed. Whatever the case, putting those two together is a great idea. The young Toronto players swore by Komarov. So Josh Hosang. Josh Hosang, why is he always the byproduct of this guy needs to learn to respect the game of hockey? Like, at first it was his jersey number. Now it's like, hey, you have to sit with these shitty old vets because you're like bedazzling too much with the puck. Like, why is that? Why is it Josh Osak? What did Josh Osak do to deserve this? Just always good. <laughs> like, why is he? I uh, mean, what do you think? Uh, I, don't know. I feel like Philco is a pretty boring guy. Oh, yeah. This is like yeah. easily the most boring hockey player we talk about. We talk yeah. about Brandon Manning. <laughs> Brandon Manning, a.k.a. Lil Dicky, a.k.a. Poor Mike Richards. That's what the three people he looked like. Or two people. What a combo. What a combo right there. (laughs) Still waiting on that next uh, album from Lil Dicky to drop, but that's neither here nor there. Also, but okay, to go with Philpula, who looks completely different with the uh, the Anders. Belmar also, I think his numbers are the same, but he does look like a better player on Vegas. And he had that one goal against Montreal last season. And it just kind of. Like, did Haxtell somehow bring down shitty players on the teams, or is this just all weird happenstance? Where just two of the worst players the Flyers had that Haxtell road just happened to have flashes of brilliance that they never had with the Flyers. I don't... I don't know. I I, I feel like this is just more proof that Haxtell didn't know what he was doing. Like, sure, he was just pressing the wrong buttons all the time. I also I don't, don't really understand the set of Philpula, because he's not good. No, he's so, not. I, 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 I don't understand where this is coming from. I, I think that's why it's annoying to me, because there's still, like, it, it's not even, like, it, it doesn't even seem to be, like, trolling. There's actual people that are like, wow, how did Philadelphia not keep Philadelphia around? It's like, wow, you should have watched Philadelphia at all over the last two seasons, because... Well, Tampa Bay didn't the want Anthony. him either. It's, you know, that's the thing, and that was two seasons ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is fair. And then I... I, I just, I just don't, I don't know. Feel, feel blows my mind. There's a lot of stuff going on. I just don't care about hockey right now. And I think uh, Phil Pila scoring goals is up there. 26.5 shooting percentage. I, I don't know. Borderline saying. Anyway, let's talk about, uh, talk about our guy. And then also go into a deep discussion about our guy. Claude Giroux. Our, be- our beautiful, young, intelligent, orange-bearded Jesus, Claude Giroux. Uh, named to his sixth All-Star game. Uh, 2011, 2012, 2015, 2016, 2018, 2019. Uh, as of now, he has 46 points in 40 games. It's on pace for 94 points this season. It's, it will be his third highest point, to- uh, point total of his career. Or actually, no, it will be his second, I believe. This is his third highest points per game average. Uh, and this, we want to talk about this, is Claude Giroux the most underrated flyer ever in terms of 
perception by the fans and also around the league. And he came out with a bunch of good options. And you said Mark Recchi, who had the most points in a season as a flyer. And my stance is maybe as a flyer, but he got plenty of recognition outside of his time with the Flyers. Yeah. With and- the Hurricanes and the and the Bruins and uh yeah, other teams. So I'll start this off by saying that I absolutely think Claude Drew might be the most underrated flyer of all time. Yeah, as, as do I. You asked me to pull some names out. I pulled some names out. And uh, Rex kind of made my list just because he's maybe the the fourth or fifth guy you think of from those 90s teams. Because you usually think, you always think of Eric Lindros, right? You always think of John LeClaire, mm-hmm. who, honestly, I almost put John LeClaire on here because I actually didn't realize you he know, was as high up on a lot of these lists as he was. Because everybody yeah. always attributes his success to Big E, but Leclerc did a lot of great stuff on his own. Le- Leclerc did. I think. I think people love Leclerc enough, though. They do. He, I, I they thought do. about that too, but he. I mean, but uh, nobody, nobody's ever bad mouthed Leclerc in the city. Usually, <laughs> no, and they never will. But uh, yeah. usually, you think Eric Lindros, you think Leclerc, you think Rod Brindamore, right. and then maybe Eric Desjardins, and then maybe Mark Recchi. You yeah. might even think like of Ron he, Hextall before you think of Mark Recchi from those 90s Flyers. Yeah, like he is definitely not one of the first go-to names. Like nobody would list Recchi as like a top three option there. But man, he was a hell of a flyer. I, I, and this was mainly me going through the hockey reference uh, record, like all-time franchise like records page and yeah. just seeing like how many categories that Mark Recchi really fell into like the top 10 for the flyers and it's uh it, it's impressive how often he's up there frankly and the the yeah. company he's with um and you know he's just one of the better guys in uh team history uh as far as like being up there he's a uh, ninth all time in points for the flyers with uh 627 and that's just with the flyers that's pretty good uh, i think out of the other names and by the way i mean this is just this is like a it's a weird thing to try and Zone in on a few guys here, but I think and it's Wade a weird thing to, is a good choice. Yeah, it's a weird thing to t- try and quantify too, because underrated yeah. is such a almost intangible thing to really yeah. uh, you put, put out there. But the reason I was yeah. putting a lot of these guys on here is because I saw them appear in the top ten Flyers records, but they aren't guys that you really think of for name recognition. Yeah, I think Wayne Stevenson is a really could be a legit option just because he was came in. After Perron, I believe, or was Perron's backup around that time, and uh, not a lot of people. I mean, people know him, but not a lot of people, I guess, bring him up as a successful goalie with the Flyers. And you have here his fourth all-time in goalie wins, so he seemed to be doing something right. Yeah, he had ninety-three and, uh, wins. Uh, that list is Hexy two forty, Bernie uh, two thirty-one, Steve Mason fan favorite one hundred four, and then. Wayne Stevenson with 93. Yeah. And we, I mean, I feel like you could have put Mason on this. We we could talk about Mason, but I think his last season here was, uh, I think is probably a reason why he wouldn't be in this conversation, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, but, Mason is a guy though. He, who is a lot further up a lot of these lists than you think he is too. Yeah. Um, and he got dunked on nationally a lot. Uh, because he was terrible in Columbus. Specifically by Ryan Lambert. Ryan Lambert, yeah. Which is, you know, it's always funny if you go back and, as Kurt's pointed out, and I'm sure we've talked about it before, but if you look up uh, 
It's like his bears are beginning to hibernate. Ryan Lambert decides to dunk on Steve Mason <laughs> in October, and then you'd never see another bad Mason tweet the rest of the year because he probably went like nine fifteen or league average at least on a team that just absolutely left them to hang out the dry most nights. So yeah, and uh, Steve Mason uh, number four in saves all time as a Flyer with uh, six thousand seventy four. Fun fact. Well, fun fact. That is a fun fact. I'm having fun. Uh, I think Dave. <laughs> I'm Pullen... having fun. You know. It. <laughs> Dave Poulin, I feel like... See, I was thinking about some of the guys in the 80s, too, but I feel like that might just be... The 80s get some good recognition, I think, across the board. Yeah, like The it, guys who deserve it, like Brian Prout gets so Prop. much love. Right. Uh, Tim right. Kerr is a fan favorite. And, yeah. uh, you know, House, a legend, uh, Hextall, uh, Pelly Lindbergh. Right. And I, and I think Poulin's up there, too. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Poulin just... might be the one guy who kind of flies a little under the radar. Yeah. But I, I think everybody loves those eighty teams, and oh, yeah. it's uh, they just, especially if they would have won. I don't think Poulin would be on this list. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I think Poulin probably is the guy that is does not feel like he gets quite as much love as the other big names from those eighties teams. So you want my controversial one on the list? I here? want your controversial one because there's one stat that kind of surprised me. No, this is perhaps my most hated flyer of all time. Like this is a guy I actively dislike, and I think most of you do too. But Looking at his numbers, Flyers all-time, you could make a legitimate argument that Roman Chekmanek is one of the most underrated Flyers of all time. Yeah, that is a, that's a spicy meatball. That's a spicy meatball. But, He's, uh, just, I would like to say the one stat I like to think of is he leads the franchise in times that he's dropped his glove and got scored on in a playoff game. <laughs> so that's one. So I'm pretty sure that's up there. Oh, yeah. Although but, Mason does also lead franchise history and goals from center ice during the playoffs. So, so interest, also work good, it, so. interesting things about Czech Monic, though. So you look at his uh, you look at his shutouts. He's actually second all time in shutouts for the Flyers. He's got 20. Uh, the only guy above him is Bernie Perron, who had 50, which is. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- this list goes Bernie, Czech Monic, Hexy, Doug Favell, Steve Mason, Bob Froze, uh, Wayne Stevenson, Van Beesbrook, Boucher, and Brizgalov's tied with uh, the rest of history. (laughs) But, like, Chekmonik is number two, and it's, like, I don't know, that's that's impressive, and he was only here a few years. Yeah, I was going to say, he was not here for long. He was only here for, like, three seasons? Yeah, Uh, Chekmonik also tied uh, for fifth in wins for the uh for flyers goalies which again i know wins aren't the best category but i mean if you look at the i don't know it's it's an interest it's somewhat interesting to look at i know it's not it is well see the thing with goalies too is it's kind of hard to go back like if you look at it shows the team was successful with that goal yeah well i was gonna say like when i look back at when i do some of the return flights like there there was a year the year that the flyers lost to the oilers in 87 ron hextall led the league in save percentage that year. Do you know what it was? 902. He was the only guy above 900. So, like, it's kind of hard to go back. Yeah, like, if you look at that now and you're like, oh, I had a 902 save percentage, you want to go, oh, that guy was a rookie that cleaned up and led the team to the cup. So, like, it's, but wins are, you know, wins are always, have always been important. So, I think that's a fair stat for this kind of all-encompassing weird question that we're asking here. (laughs) 
Save percentage as a flyer. Roman Czechmonic's number one, 923. Oh, my um, God. It's just he's in a lot of these categories. He is in the Flyers' sorted, awful goalie history. He might be a top five goalie. That would be fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, we might have to look further. Just that might be an off statistically, statistically yeah. speaking, he, he might be a top five all-time Flyers goalie. And it's disgusting because we all hate him. Nobody likes Roman Czechmonic, <laughs> but the guy has some really impressive numbers as a flyer. Yeah. yeah Regular I mean, season, maybe. Oh, got him. Don't got do. him. Um, So going out. So you and I both think that Drew is probably the most underrated flyer ever. Right. Because this is a guy who's kind of gotten shit on for his leadership capabilities at different times uh for being a top player in the league even though he has consistently been among the top names in the league when you look back at i I don't know top point getters over the last decade like when you reduce it to like seven six five like those kind of categories like the last those many years claude Giroux is a guy who's pretty consistently up there and he's a guy who is just consistently a great player in this league and does not get the recognition that he deserves. Uh, who was the reporter you were talking about had a tweet the other day saying like, Oh, it's shaming to make that Olympic team. Cause uh, he probably won't make the hall of fame now. It was a uh, Scott Wheeler who does a lot. I think he writes for the athletic does a lot of Maple Leafs and prospect stuff, but yeah, his essentially his whole thing was, you know, it's a shame that he hasn't been on the national stage to do more because he did, he, you know, he's never been on an Olympic team and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, he's only had one real shot to be on an Olympic team because 2010, he was, that was his second, that was his first full year in the league, I believe. So he's not making that team. Uh, 2014 was the year that Crosby had to play with Kunitz on his line. and Just uh, had think, to. Couldn't have played with anybody yeah, else. God he forbid. Was, uh, I mean, that was the year that Drew went on to be an MVP candidate. And uh, and then 2018, they just didn't send people. So I think that's like a. I, I feel like that's why I think that's a big aspect for me why Drew is the most underrated player ever because nationally he still gets shit on. Like people uh, last year he put up the most amount of points on a playoff team, which every other year when you look at the MVP voting is a guarantee to at least get nominated. And the guy gets overlooked because of a strange argument about points that, because he got too much help. Because he played with Sean Couturier and Voracek was on the second line. It's ridiculous. So it's just uh, well, that argument still just really pisses me off to no end. Like, and uh, and each year, uh, and each year they fail in the playoffs. He's always the first guy that's on the tip of everybody's tongue. And I know he doesn't. He's had some rough postseasons, but at the same time, uh, if you're the only guy that another team needs to hone in on, somebody else has to step up. So if this team had a little more depth, I would like to see. We do in the postseason, and when the team did have depth, he he did pretty damn well in 2010 and 20 and 2012. Several years ago, but he's not the one making deals, and he's not the one uh, putting games game plans together. So, outside the Flyers, though, where do you think? And I don't have too much of a depth of knowledge on this, but most underrated Philly athletes ever. Oh, okay. So we're just going with Philly athletes overall. Interesting. Yeah. 
Well, you know, well, it, it begins and gonna... ends. It begins and ends with a uh, big dick Nick. I'll hang up and listen. But, uh... <laughs> Positive Nick Foles, gigantic wang. Uh, Most underrated. That's it's a tough one. I feel like every other big name player, every other staple of a team, I feel like has been rightly recognized. I yeah, mean, I guess the maybe Sixers you could team say sucked forever. Uh, Andre Iguodala for the Sixers a few years back. I've seen somebody mention that. I mean, that would make sense, too, because he's went on and had a pretty good career, and he's pretty good on the Warriors. He's always been a very good player who maybe was unfairly expected to be a superstar for the Sixers uh, yeah. when that wasn't necessarily the role he should have been in. Uh, Pat Burrell, I would say. I gave Pat Burrell a lot of shit in the 2000s, but that dude consistently had really good numbers. All right. Uh, I mean, Eagles, I'm kind of struggling on guys yeah it's and it's hard to say anybody from I the would... phillies because the phillies the like oh six to like 2011 phillies all had guys that were beloved in different ways oh absolutely yeah like for a little well, bit cole hamels was that guy but i mean you can't find somebody in philadelphia who doesn't think cole hamels was amazing at this point yeah um i mean for a while honestly if he didn't make the play, Brandon Graham might be up there too. Yeah. Because when you said Brandon Graham, what was the first name that everybody said in response? It's fucking Earl Thomas. And that's all that people oh, thought yeah. of. For years. And he consistently has been a guy that disrupts plays and gets in there. Uh, but also, I was going to say, what about, about McNabb? I, I oh, mean, no, I, he, I 100% would put that up there. I'm a, yeah, I'm I, one of the few people that'll go to bat for old I, Pukie Donovan any day of the week. I, I did too. Yeah, I'd puke for him. Uh, but I think the thing I think the thing that works against him is those Eagles defenses are pretty loaded too. So it was a thing where... Right, but it's... They got far... He, I mean, he, I think it's but he still things, gets discredited. Oh, he gets That's discredited fine. even though he didn't have jack shit for receivers for years and still yeah. put up some of the best numbers in Eagles history for quarterbacks. I mean, it's... It's frankly you, ridiculous. You don't think Fred X was a good uh, receiving option? My dad does. <laughs> I feel like Freddie Mitchell is the guy in Eagles history that has the most notoriety for doing the least amount. Like, he caught the 4th and 26 pass. He caught the McNabb scramble pass against the Cowboys. And then he caught that crazy fumble from lj smith against the vikings yep and then he calls himself fred x and like does the people's champ belt he's fred x because and... he always delivers he'd like to thank his hands <laughs> yeah. for being so good <laughs> he, he yes. was a cocky <laughs> son of a bitch and it was pretty funny but um <laughs> but not exactly the number one receiver you should. yeah yeah it, you know it, it was frustrating uh at the time it's it's still frustrating and certainly donovan hasn't done anything to help his own uh, perception since then in any way shape or form but that's another argument entirely uh i'm trying to think of any other guys because the eagles most of the guys from those years with the exception of donovan were pretty beloved i mean yeah obviously docs the the all-timer brian Westbrook gets so much love, love. Yeah. yeah um yeah and westbrook everybody loves westbrook yeah yeah uh, and it, i don't know enough about uh i don't know enough about the older eagles uh, like I don't know about guys like uh, like Mike Quick, and like Fred Barnett, Fred Barnett, yeah, Arkansas Fred, yeah, uh, yeah. Ricky Waters, Randall. Ricky Waters, Randall, 
Randall is. An I feel like he case. was the amount of how much of uh, an athletic freak he was. I feel like isn't like people still talk about it, but some of the highlights you watch, it was. It, it, some of the plays don't make sense. And Randall's like athleticism was phenomenal. Um, yeah, I think his ability to consistently put it all together is really what was was missing yeah. there. And that was two things. That was thing too. Were just uh, Buddy Ryan just pretty much told him to go make plays and then yeah. focus on the defense. So I don't know. That might be. But I mean, so any of these guys though, are you putting them over Drew? As far as their impact to the team versus in terms of like act, like yeah like actual greatness and then just not being portrayed correctly among the fan base or nationally. I think the only comparable there is McNabb. Yeah. Because I mean, the, the, the similarity is that they're, they're both all timers for their team that, and I would say Drew gets a lot more love than McNabb, frankly, from the Flyers fan base. Um, yeah. Probably because you can't really. Yeah. You know, pr- pr- probably because you can't actually uh, hit a puck too low. Well, actually, you can if you're Jeff Carter, but, <laughs> you know, Jeff Carter, underrated flyer. I would say that. Oh, oh. That's a. I think he. You I know, could drop some. He I was, could drop some spicy meatballs for for underrated flyers all day. I'm going to say I, I think he might be appropriated. I mean, he might be uh, ranked appropriately. But then when I think about it, his ranking might be a little. Uh, a little higher wide, so I'm not sure though. Or he can't get his breaking above Ante Nieme to win the game in uh, Game Six. Oh, so you know, oh. a couple of these. It was all Jeff take Carter's shots Jeff no Carter. One <laughs> no one else yeah, is fault. <laughs> but look, I think we both agree, and I think a lot more people increasingly agree that Drew is uh, an all-time flyer easily. He, uh, fantastic yeah, player. I think underrated as a leader and. You know, maybe some of these criticisms are valid because these teams are too emotional and and tend to lose it a little bit. But at the same time, the guy's a phenomenal hockey player, and we are just lucky to have witnessed him throughout his career so far. And what he continues to do, he continues to make amazing plays and and be an elite player. So we're we're lucky to have him. Yeah, no, I I agree with everything you're saying. I also think it's funny, just go off one thing you said that these teams are too emotional because. I watched four games this week, and I'll tell you what I felt like was not involved in any of these games, except for a few minutes tonight, was uh, playing with emotion. Well, so they've I think, had some chippiness tonight, a little. I think that's... It didn't matter, but... But I think that's the problem, is their emotions get the better of them to the effect that they're just sullen and kind of mm. don't show up. So... Gotcha. Uh, yeah. They're a little too emotional where the bad stuff affects them to the point of not playing well. So, serious question, and going back to something we touched on earlier in the show. Who rocks of a door better? Freddie Mitchell or Dave Boreanaz? Oh, man. The the creator of Brothers Barbecue or Angel from Buffy? <laughs> the tough one. Hey, I he's gotta give new, this one. He's in some new shitty show now, right? Like, I think it's uh, Navy Seals. Or, or yeah, that's like that. what it is. Yeah, Navy Seals. Navy Seal and a deal, or I don't know, well, some bullshit show. Or Ma- maybe Navy Seal or No Deal. <laughs> I hate it's myself. Just, I hate myself a, so much for that one. It's a guy standing at the front, and there's just twenty guys dressed up, and it's like, is that a Navy Seal or not? <laughs> oh, pick that one. Is that a Navy Seal? 
Shit, that might be a game show. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Let's go pitch it to NBC tomorrow. Um, <laughs> okay. Objectively speaking, I'm going to give this one to Fred X. I mean, he also rocked the bow tie when he was talking about his hands in that clip. Didn't so, uh, uh, didn't Freddie Mitchell substitute teach at a school for a day? I hope he did. I do not know, but I I, I hope to God he did. Time for Steve googling stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was on Deadspin a few years back. Let's find out. Yeah, let's let's take the time. This is always oh, my oh, favorite part. It of came up. It came up right away. Uh, In case you were wondering what Freddie Mitchell has been up to air. lately, from uh, from November twenty seventh, two thousand six. God, I remember something from two thousand six on Deadspin. That's that's where I'm at. It's good. At least your mind isn't cluttered with useless shit. You know, <laughs> you're focused on the good stuff here. You think it would have anything? You think it wouldn't have anything left after <laughs> after New Year's? After New Year's, but <laughs> yeah, uh, Mishawaka is that is I in Indiana? I'm sure these. I'm sure whatever sound you just made is totally a place, and I'll go with it. But yeah, well. uh Fred X, Fred said, yeah, Fred X had a substitute taught at that time. This is how that. bad the Flyers are right now, by the way. We've spent about 15 minutes talking about fucking Freddie Mitchell. Time to talk about Brothers so, Barbecue. Chuck and two trades either getting happening here or if the Flyers can just like piece together a win at any point in time, that'd be great. Hey, can we, speak about, can we speak about the franchise that's more dysfunctional than the Flyers right now? Sure. How about them Dallas Stars? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think this happened. Uh, this came out like right after we recorded, after. Our, yeah, recorded our right. last episode. So Sean Shapiro of the Athletic, who I, I believe covers the stars, uh, got a quote from Jim Lights, who is the CEO of the Dallas Stars. Can you read this with a Texas accent? <laughs> uh, no, I, I can't do a Texas accent. <laughs> if you can, I'm gonna try. Her. I'm gonna try. Okay, you, you why not? Shot, yeah. They're fucking horseshit. I don't know how else to put it, Light said. The team was okay, but Sagan and Ben were terrible. Yeah, and then uh, Jim Neal doubled down and said, uh, I mean, I don't think Jim Neal's from Texas, so I think I'll I'll just read this normally. First of all, (laughs) (laughs) he said, first of all, the hockey message that Jim gave was dead on. I think that the message had to get out there. We've all got to be better from the top, from management to coaches to players. All the way down, we've got to be better. So the message is right. I've talked to Jim. I don't condone the language or the, or the tone. Jim and I have talked. He's emotional. He wears the star in the heart, and he got emotional and understandably so. Uh, by the way, where's the star and his heart, I guess, is the thing about the stars, and that's... uh. It's just like one of those weird, gritty things I wouldn't expect to hear. So I don't well, get down that. about the clovers and horseshoes and blue moons. Right. right, right. Uh, so I don't condone that, but the message that was sent from him and management, I think, was dead on correct. And I agree with him. So he repeated himself about four or five times in there. I didn't uh, put down that quote wrong. But yeah, so apparently Jamie Ben, so Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan, let's talk about. Oh, Jamie, first of all, Jamie Spen responded by saying, I don't play for lights. I play for every player in this room, the coaching staff. I'm proud to be a Dallas star. I proudly go out and battle with these guys in games. 
If that's I was a James good ben. answer, Jamie Ben. Like that is that is yeah. the high road. I, I would have just told Jim Lights to uh, suck one, but Jamie Ben uh, actually left the game last night. Actually, got hit pretty late by Miles Wood. I didn't see if there's any uh, disciplinary action for Miles Wood, but thirty-one points in forty games this season. Two point zero eight points per sixty at five on five, which is third on the team. Thirty-fifth out of sixty forwards with five hundred fifty minutes at five on five. Six more years at nine point five million. Sagan, thirty-four points in forty games this season. Two point one six points per sixty, just third on the team. Uh, twenty-ninth out of sixty forwards at five hundred fifty minutes. Uh, actually, Sagan's second on the team, not third. Sorry. And next year starts his eight-year deal where he makes nine point eight five million per season. So, I guess it could be a little concerning for the stars if these guys are starting the show any signs of decline right now. But this still kind of feels like a management blaming the best players type of deal. And I mean... Like a little they, bit of an overreaction. Just a little bit. And maybe yeah, something you shouldn't bit. say publicly. Yeah, but I mean, I guess the numbers aren't great. And if they're getting paid that much, you would like to see a little bit more of them. But there's maybe a better way to handle it than Jim Light's calling them horseshit players, you know? I feel like that's... But, yeah, I'm not, I don't own an NHL team, unfortunately. Uh, if I did, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. Or maybe I would be, who knows? But my question is, do you want any piece of Sagan or Ben? Yeah. My thing. Well, wait, I, maybe. I, it's one of those things where my first instinct is, yeah, of course. But then <laughs> it's like, well, maybe I should take a look at those contracts. I would be about... If I had to pick one of the two, I think I'd go more uh, Tyler Sagan. Sure. Younger. Uh, yeah, younger. I, I feel like Ben's more of a, a setup guy. Uh, Which we have and, enough of. Yeah, and he's uh, kind of got like a power forward game to him. Uh, and I, I feel like that might be something that wears him down in the future. Uh, Sagan, I feel like... I don't know. I mean, it, it, this season is not pretty. Uh, and the contract is a little concerning, but if I had to pick one of the two, I think I'd go with him. But also at the same time, they have Voracek. Voracek's not. I, I would take. I think I'll take either of these two guys over Voracek. But you know, we're we're everybody always bitches about the Voracek contract, and a lot of people for a while bitched about the Drew contract until he started uh, producing. So uh, I feel like we should just not be interested in either of these players. Mainly because of the contracts. Probably. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a... I mean, maybe it, it'll be worth a gamble, but I, I don't even know if the Stars are looking to, to trade them. They probably they probably aren't. It's just, this is like... This is pretty high drama for an NHL team. I mean, you got guys cursing, uh, people not getting along. In the NHL, that's pretty much like a soap opera. And was, well, you uh, know, you got to do your best and uh, whatever's best for the team. Play full 60. Yeah. Full 60, you know, 100 Playing all three zones, yeah. Yeah. Get pucks deep. Things of that nature. No, for somebody to come out and say these guys are playing like horse shit is definitely big, different. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> great. And uh, give me more of it, please. Let's get some more more of these takes out there. But yeah. uh, there's, completely there's unprofessional, though. Completely yeah. unprofessional. Yeah. Man, yeah, not exactly the uh, best response to have. There's another borderline. Um, Oh man, I, I forgot to put down the tweet from uh, Alan Walsh, who's the agent for Michael Froelich. 
pretty much just saying that uh, why would the Flames want to chase a good player out of town? And Michael Froelich's been pretty good for the Flames. Maybe not this season, but... Uh, and not a player that exactly puts up a ton of points, but he plays a lot of actual difficult minutes, and him and Mike, uh, Mikhail Backland are two pretty good uh, players at, uh, in shorthanded situations. But it sounds like uh, Walsh has made this move before, and it's helped to get Jonathan Drew and uh, Max Petrati dealt. So maybe Froelich's on the move, but uh, Froelich, 10 points in 24 games. Uh, sh- pretty high shooting percentage this season. Hasn't had a 20-goal season since 2009-2010 with Florida, and he's got one more year of $4.3 million. Uh, 1.86 points per 60, not great. 56.26 scores, 4% second on the Flames among forwards. And 11th highest offensive zone star percentage of Calgary forwards, which I know zone starts are now kind of like a frowned upon stat, but still not exactly the easiest minutes. Uh, would you have any interest in for Leak, or does he just sound like a more expensive version of Michael Raffle? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't give a shit about for Leak. That's yeah. I mean, I like for Leak. Yeah, I like for Leak, but I feel like that is another thing that the Flyers don't necessarily need because I don't think the skill is the problem with the penalty kill. I think it's the scheme, which uh, we're still going to, and also the Flyers gave up. Uh, another power play or uh, another shorthanded goal tonight. So it's uh, the the Perrier keeps continuing there. Still so there, still hanging out. in yeah, there, still still doing his thing down there. Lappy forever. So uh, those are three players. It sounds like they might be moved. Probably only for leak, even if he is moved. But uh, he had some saucy, uh, some uh, tangy tent from across the league. A couple of. Uh, Something things going around across the league. So let's talk about. I want to talk about this because uh, you know it's curious to me. Uh, I believe I know we have some uh, Canadian listeners, but Stephen, I thought hockey belonged to Canada, and mm. we were reminded of that of every hockey tournament from uh, the Olympics to, I guess, uh, midget hockey up in Canada. So this year's World Junior Championship. Canada lost two to one in overtime to Finland in the quarterfinals, and I think that means that they're not going to win the gold medal this year. Which, therefore, does that mean they don't own the sport anymore? I don't know how that works. Like, do they still? They don't still own it, right? Like, they, if you owned a sport, you probably always win the gold medal. In right? theory, in theory, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so this is, and I, I wanted to point out that the USA is still in it. One of four teams left, so you don't think. I mean, you don't think USA would go on to own hockey, would you? Oh, that's that's quite that an interesting be, possibility. I mean, that'd be a real shame. Well, I mean, Canada does have a long, uh, illustrious uh, list of sports they're really good at what besides hockey. What have you done for me lately? Like, the Canada's also pretty good at, like... Uh, Curling. Walking in snow. Moose uh, riding. Drinking Tim Hortons. Uh being cold I, I, i'm sure some of these are sports but to get past hockey you know i'm just saying when's the last time canada won a super bowl i guess is my point when was the last and, time uh, canada won a world series the 90s you. who cares yeah. who even well, I, actually I, I, here's the real question <laughs> when was the last time canada won a stanley cup <laughs> same year they won a world series actually i think yep my math is correct yeah 
So uh, one could say it's been rare. Been a rare. Yeah, yeah, and you know, uh, maybe it sucks to suck. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this seems like the appropriate time to say it. I feel like a lot of pressure is put on these kids, as illustrated by a, uh, it would be a Mark Spector article that was pretty much dunking on the forwards of the Canadian roster, which featured one Morgan Frost. He didn't dunk on Morgan Frost, but you know he is a, he was a forward for Team Canada. Uh, Frost finished the tournament with uh, eight points, four goals and four assists in five games. He was tied for the tournament lead with Ryan Poling, who was a center that the Canadians took 25th overall in 2017. So he had a pretty good tournament. Seems like he might end up not finishing the tournament with the most amount of points, but if he does, it's pretty good considering he missed out on two games. And uh, another nation that featured Flyers prospects that is now out is Sweden. Sweden? Uh, who got shut up by Switzerland in the quarterfinals, 2 to nothing. Samuel Urson played four games, 922 save percentage, 2.23 GAA. Adam Ginning, uh, to the surprise of many people across the country, is a big trending topic on Twitter. Zero points in the tournament. Uh, and then the USA still in it. They play uh, Russia today, if you're listening. Uh, and then they will play the winner of Switzerland-Finland for the gold medal. Uh, to date, the four Flyers prospects on Team USA, Joel Farabee has recorded a hat-trick, and he has three goals and two assists for five points so far, in I believe five games. Alias. Plus four, 12th in scoring. So you're telling uh, me that Joe Farabee still has a chance to, to maybe he, climb up to number one uh, scoring. He might, he might get up there. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's got a shot, unlike yeah, Morgan Frost right shot. now. Yeah, yeah, plays Frost for Canada and no longer has a chance. He's got to go home and uh, wrap up that next batch of maple syrup or whatever Canadians do in their free time. Uh, and Noah Cates has a goal. Jay O'Brien, zero points, minus two. Bust. Jack St. Ivany, zero points, minus three. Who? Jack St. Ivany? Yeah. Minus three. Yeah, I mean, don't. I, I, I think Jack St. Ivany could be a... <laughs> I'm liking those Urson numbers, I got to say. Urson, not. Urson could be a surprise to people here. He might be the next goalie in line. Well, you know, after Carter Hart. Hart's a bust, it's it's Urson time. Yeah, gotta throw Urson in there. Urson might be on the team next year. After uh, somebody quote accidentally quote runs Carter Hart over with a Zamboni, and his name five goals to the Sharks. His name is Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott. Did he die? Oh yeah, we should look that up. Actually, there were a bunch of health updates that I did not put in the outline. Does it matter? Uh, I mean. I'm going to go. Michael Neuverth was completely healthy tonight and let up such a marshmallow soft five hole goal that I <laughs> wanted to die. Yeah. Michael Neuverth still out here doing Michael Neuverth stuff. So what, uh, you know, what can you really expect? My computer's going to take forever to bring up the, it's on the website. If, uh, somebody on this, somebody else in this podcast wanted to look it up real quick. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Fine. the quicker you do this the you, quicker we find out why don't you talk about the phantoms and i'll i'll figure this Ooh. out all right yeah it's killing two birds with one stone let me uh get back so the phantoms though a couple wins or they won a game this week they beat the uh, province bruins three to one alex lyon 33 saves and 34 shots against phil myers his fourth multi-point multi game of the season one goal one assist uh and then 
the Phantoms proceed to lay down and get uh, pummeled against the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, 7-3. The only thing of note was the there was a pair of fights in a span of two seconds uh, in between whistles. And oh, Tyrell that's Ward. Yeah, so Greg Carey and Colin McDonald also named to the NHL All-Star game. Oh, nice. Congrats. Yeah, so congrats to those guys. Uh, I Greg, have your Brian... Greg Carey. Oh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, please talk about Greg Carey, and then I have your Brian Elliott update. My thing was going to be Greg Carey could be a guy that might be uh, on the roster sooner or later this season. But, uh, sure, well, there's, why not? They had a... Hold on. They had a... <laughs> hold article. on. It doesn't matter, Craig. <laughs> Slack for Jack. Slack for Jack. They put up... Uh, they do they didn't update on um six of the players that are currently after the flyers did you find that article or just the brian elliott injury i found the brian elliott injury but I, i'll look that one up too i found that one okay great you did find okay good well maybe i don't know it doesn't matter yeah not really matter. i mean they're all they're all hurt they're all terrible pretty much they're all dead oh here we go i got it um so my big thing was nolan patrick is still out and they are doing a bobblehead uh, giveaway with him and Travis Konechny. And I made a joke that uh, I would be afraid to shake the Nolan Patrick bobblehead. And, of course, I was one-upped by the one-up king himself, uh, Kurt, who... And I'm sharing this, even though I don't know if Kurt wants it to be publicly shared. The it's president of the United Hate of America, <laughs> Kurt R. Yeah, sorry for... Not sorry for sharing this, uh, Kurt, but... Uh, he said, what's wild about the Patrick bobblehead is that it'll be there every day, yet you'll never notice it because it doesn't do anything. Aww. So, Nolan Patrick, deservedly getting two-handed slammed two years into his NHL career. Uh, the, the the list of injuries, though. So, Nolan Patrick uh, participated in morning skate, feeling pretty good. Clear for contact on the 4th tomorrow, uh, and they're hoping he plays sometime next week. Brian Elliott, uh, be back on the ice this weekend and be with the team 10 to 14 days. Wasn't Elliott only supposed to be out for a couple days? And he's been out for, I think, 30 years now. Like, he's been out for. That's what happens when you're 67 years old. Yeah, things just break. You know, hips get out of place. Uh, Corbin Knight. Corbin is doing very well. He will see the team doctor on January 17th. Completely forgot he was a thing. Return. To play mid to late February, yeah. I mean, Corbin, I'm, I, I'm not gonna say I love you. I never really loved you, but I, I, I've completely forgot your existence. Uh, Andrew McDonald will be out the next two games with lower body injury, and hoping to have him back skating on January seventh. Hoping. Samuel Marin doing very well from his ACL reconstruction. Oh uh, yeah. Not clear for contact yet. They're still hoping for a return in mid-February, which has always been the timeline. But for some reason, people were talking about last week. Uh, when will be he? When will he be Chris Pronger, though? Yeah, it's a good question. Well, at this pace, twenty twenty-two. Uh, Anthony Stellar is progressing very nicely. Seen by the team doctor today for an LB class case of LBI. I'm excited and for the Flyers hopes. to have about uh twenty-six goalies again. The yeah. it, it, it'll be who has. Who has more? <laughs> what is the greater number? Number of Flyers active goalies or members of the band Guar? <laughs> I mean, with the way our goaltending play this year, it kind of looks like a Guar concert increase in the crease on that. So, 
I'm remembering that band. They're they're most of the people in Gore have to be dead, right? In theory, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I don't know a single Gore song, by the way. Nobody does. Every, people just know Guar from that scene in Empire Records, and that and that's it. <laughs> ah, shit. Um, yeah, so those are your injury updates. Hope everybody's uh, fulfilled with knowing wow. that all the flyers are dead. Wow. Uh, what else? I mean, there's nothing else to talk about. We gotta we around just the league, go right? around the league. Go around the league. Oh, baby. Uh, David Backus doing... Di- okay, I mean... <laughs> I got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, David Backus suspended three games for an illegal check to the head of Blake Coleman. Uh, Alexander Edler, now the all time leader in Vancouver, Canucks D men points and games played. 353 points. He's seventh all time in Vancouver franchise history with 786 games played. Speaking of the Canucks, Elias Peterson. Patterson. Patterson. Named Rookie of the Month, 17 points in 14 games, Please, 6 goals, 11 assists. <laughs> Elias Doug Peterson uh, suffered a bad leg injury tonight. Potter uh, People were talking about how it was pretty significant. We'll see if he's uh, alive tomorrow. UC Velamaki is out until at least late January with a high ankle sprain. Two points in 22 games this year. He's a rookie, 16th overall in 2017. Something we could talk about real quick, Steve. Do you think the developing process of the Flyers is a little slower than other teams? No. You see Valamaki, a twenty seventeen pick, and he's already in the NHL. Do you think uh think uh I think the Flyers should quit uh push foot around here and just start throwing the kids to the fire? Just call up uh Morgan Frost, see what he can do. Just call him up, Throw go him nuts, there. why not? Yeah, yeah. He can have two points in 22 games. Should be fine. Yeah. Well, Valamaki is a defenseman, too. I think it's worth pointing out. I don't know. I think it's been overstated. All right. I've said uh, this before enough. that I think I think the, the slowness of uh, certain prospects has been overstated. And it, the other thing is the Flyers need to clear some, some room if they do want to bring some of these guys up at this point. Yeah. Yeah, that is a, that's a pretty big problem, too, actually. Um, yeah, but I mean... Again, Morgan Frost wasn't the whole point that they wanted him to put on some weight, be a little bigger before they called him up. Like it had nothing to do with skill or readiness. It was more just about size. Was wasn't that the assessment? Uh yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it's so overstated. <laughs> like Nolan Patrick and Ivan Provorov got to play right away. Just because Travis Sanheim didn't get to right play right away and uh, Morgan Frost didn't play right away doesn't mean that every rookie's gonna take four thousand years. These guys come in when they're eighteen. It's not like they're coming in when they're like 26 years old, like Ryan Howard. Yeah. No, no. Who took uh, too long to come up. Ryan Howard's a great <laughs> example. He came up when he was 26. Samuel yeah. Moran might be the one comparable, and he wasn't ready. Yeah. Sorry. That was, a bit, that was a bit ranty. That was a bit ranty. That's fine. That's what we love. Um, on a side note, here. on a side note, I am uh, naming my firstborn son, Yusi. Oh, all right. Yeah, Yusi uh, Yako. I, as I've stated multiple times, I'm going to name my firstborn child Dinus, and then I assume promptly be a divorce within the day. But I, I am Dinus going to name a human Dinus, yeah. And so then shout you're going to the I know you're listening. And then you're going to have, you're just going to walk around the concourse with your your son and say, uh, "Can you spell this kid's name?" <laughs> and then apparently, most Flyer fans are going to go, "Duh!" So I don't know. The doy. <laughs> 
and then I yell spell much. Thank and you for participating. Slam. Yeah, thank you for paying attention to it. Yeah, it, uh, it would have been amazing if your response was spell much. <laughs> yeah, just dunk on these people that took the time out. Th- thanks between. for taking the time to support us in a great charity. You ever learn how to spell Carlo Koliakovo, you idiot? <laughs> Should have done the uh probably like a mini basketball net and basketball and just dunk on them after they spell something wrong. Yeah, I think that's Bunch the way to traits. go. Or maybe have like a big buzzer or something or like a foghorn <laughs> going like <laughs> Bunch of uh bunch of trades going on. A lot of a lot of bodies moving, you know? Uh big big goaltender trade, Anders Nielsen dealt to the Ottawa Centers with Darren Archibald. Uh, in exchange for Mike McKenna, Tom Pyatt, and a six-round pick in 2019. I believe Mike McKenna has also been waived. This is not the foghorn I wanted. I was just hoping for the one that goes, Uh, Are these big trades? I don't... Are you talking about NHL players? Yeah, I think Gary Bettman had to come out with a statement that the league's all right, even though the foundation was shook today because Anders Nielsen went from one bad team to another. Uh, another big trade that, I mean, everybody's been talking about it. I mean, my parents Everybody. hit me up. I got so Twitter. many texts over this. Like, man. Yeah, and I mean, I'm kind of afraid to say it because it's so big. Jared Coro was traded from Anaheim to St. Louis for future considerations. Future uh, just I, getting thrown around all over the place, man. He just yeah. can't find a home. He's the most traded player in the history of sports. and uh, That's cash. Yeah. Cash. Uh, and then the last trade was Jimmy Aligne was traded from the Golden Knights to the Winnipeg Jets for future considerations. So future considerations traded once in one day. Wow. Uh, according to the internet, Jimmy Aligne is a 25-year-old left-hand defenseman who has 1.16 AHL games this season. Jesus Christ. According to me, he's not real. So that's uh, if you want to you know, stash that away real quick. Jimmy Aligne is only as real as your mind envisions him to be. <laughs> I do want to point out, okay, so I guess we're not allowed to say this is cool because it's Crosby, or funny because it's Crosby, but you see the story about him signing the uh, stick? You seen this? You heard about this? Have um, you seen this? You heard about this? I saw the headline, did not read the story. Fill me in, Craig. So I, apparently there was a Rangers fan, an MSG that was just heckling Crosby all night as the Penguins pounded the Rangers 7-2. to This all sounds and right. And then Crosby apparently sent him a stick that said, hey, take it easy on me next time, which I thought was pretty. That actually is pretty good. Yeah. And then he, somebody, I think Wyshynski wrote down a bunch of burns that the guy had. I was going to pull them up because um, I thought some of them were actually halfway decent and the nub of them were kind of lazy. But It's really nice that Sid got over his crying for a minute to sign a yeah. stick. <laughs> yeah. Crosby, <laughs> yeah, am I right? Sign a stick up with tears. Yeah. Uh, so the big one, the one I thought was the best was he apparently yelled, "Hey Crosby, Malcolm would have more cups if he had a better supporting cast." That's true. Uh, hey Crosby, Malcolm wants to know where your Calder Memorial Trophy is. It's a little wordy, but also pretty good. The other two were, um, "Hey Crosby, you were voted third toughest Canadian behind Celine Dion, and close second to Avril Lavigne." Pretty sexist. Uh, and the last one was, "Hey Crosby." <laughs> When Gatorade wanted a tough guy, Justin Bieber turned them down, so they settled for you. Which I feel like you could also make an argument is pretty sexist. So two of them, two out of four, were pretty. The the Malkin ones are pretty. Good. I enjoyed the if Malkin had, well, Malkin would have more cups if he had a better supporting cast. I feel like that was pretty good. 
considering you're trying to dunk on Sidney Crosby, who, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard to dunk he's on He's been him. a successful so hockey player. Face. Yeah. Yeah. He's done yeah. well. He's done all right. He's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, fittingly, this Flyers podcast should be talking about Sidney Crosby as we come to a close. So, uh, send us home. Steven, Send I want to get out of here. I'm done talking. I'm talking about this team. Let's get the hell out of here. Good <laughs> God, my man. Hopefully next week we're talking about Chucky Two Trades making some hot trade action. Oh, baby. But, uh, talking about that been... first line of uh, Drew, Sagan, and Konechnik coming at you. Oh, baby. 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 Right. Well, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins for Andrew McDonald. Going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it could. Anyway. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yeah, and uh, they are, uh, I mean, they're not great. We'll, we'll see how they are next week. If the, uh, pretty much hanging on just whether or not, uh, you know, the, the Eagles win on Sunday. Uh, I mean, I've, the, the flyer ship, I can't think it's going to sail. They're not, probably not making the postseason. You got I did any, do those. You got Actually, a hot tent coming up for BSH this week? They play three new opponents next week, so I will have three return flights for next week. Also, I've been uh, sick and uh, kind of out of it this week, so I will do the NHL E piece either on Friday or. Well, no, that's not happening because I mean, I have to do it tonight. That'll be out next week, too. So hopefully, next week, you get four articles and a podcast from Chiboy. Craig Forsyth. Three men and a baby, four articles and a podcast. That is a fucking show if I've ever heard one. And why have we not started? I don't you need we need to get on that. Yeah, right away. I'm all over it. <laughs> but uh besides that, I'm done. Yeah, go ahead. You can reach me at Flyperbole or at Estebaum if I ever want to tweet about hockey again. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, you know. Eventually, I will. Eventually, I will. The Flyers will eventually do something cool, I guess. Well, let's not make promises that Chucky Two Trades can't keep. Yeah. 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 Yeah, He's he's working the phone lines. He's all over it. According to sources, he's very trying very hard to make a trade. And everybody's going all that effort. No. (laughs) Come on, make a trade. You don't want one. Andrew McDonald. My boss, Paul Holmgren, is just all over my ass today to make a trade. So let's make a deal. Please. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. He's just not being polite and saying please with these trades. If you say please, trades will happen. Whether they're good trades is debatable. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Fly or Estee Bomb. Also, be sure to follow BSH Radio and Broad Street Hockey. Like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook. All that fun stuff. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. All that podcast goodness. We're all over. We are Legion. Blah, blah, blah. Gang, (laughs) thank you for listening. And until next time, as always, good night and good hockey. Hello everybody, this is Fly Purple
is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Baseball. Truly, it is awful. I'm Phillies writer Justin Clue. Join me every week, along with John Stolness, Liz Rocher, and Dr. Trevor Strunk, as we discuss all the ways the Phillies have hurt us on our podcast, Hitting Season, as well as historical anecdotes and raw, emotional ramblings on our other shows, Continued Success and The Dirty Inning. Subscribe to The Good Fight, and you'll get conversations with insiders, analysis of breaking news, and stats, stats, stats. Together, we'll survive whatever baseball can throw at us. I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the scheme and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly.